Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Setting the Tone Interviews. My name is Elizabeth, and today, Daniel, Lauren, and I are delighted to get to sit down with Gloria Rubin. Ms. Rubin played the character Jeannie Boulay, making 103 appearances over the course of seven seasons. Ms. Rubin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks, my pleasure. So um, tell us, I guess let's just start at the beginning. Tell us how you came to get the job on ER and what that all, whole audition process was like. Yeah, well, first of all, 100 and how many of 100 and something? I can't even, that's just 103. frightening. 103. That and that was only for like, you know, five seasons or whatever. But I remember um, I was in Baltimore filming a three episode arc of Homicide, Life on the Street. Andre Brower, Tom Fontana, Barry Levinson, Barry Levinson amazing ahead of his time series, right? And um, there was talk of maybe the role that I was doing on that series to continue, but it didn't end up happening. So I was really disappointed and, you know, I mean, it was obviously a really smart show and I really had a great time. And so I went back to LA and um, kind of, you know, not with my tail between my legs, but a little bit like, oh man, that's too bad. And then, um, and then I got a call to meet with John Wells um, about this new role on ER. And of course it was right at the beginning of the whole, it was, I just, I joined halfway through the first season. So it was, the show had already launched, if you will. So I went in and we chatted and um, for about, I don't know, maybe half an hour or so, maybe a little longer, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of getting to know each other. And, you know, I was on, um, I was doing Homicide, of course, and Time Cop, this Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, <laughs> already out. I know, I know, I know, but it's actually kind of a good one. Anyway, by the time I got home after this meeting, and it was on my answering machine, this is like ages ago, you know, that there were answering machines, but... Yeah, there was the message saying that, uh, that I got part. And I was only initially supposed to do, um, I think it was six episodes. I think that's uh, what I remember reading. Yeah, six right. sounds right. God. Six. And then, you know, um, obviously we can, it continued. So, yeah. <laughs> did, uh, did anyone express like why they wanted to keep you around or like oh, why? Hey. Yeah, because I'm kind of amazing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Yeah. But... Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, that's, um, you know, I think that there was, and nobody really said it in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. I just think that it, it happened organically, you know, I think that, um, there was, you know, very natural, uh, uh, chemistry, um, like just kind of fit, if you will, but there was a nice chemistry, uh, you know, with, with, with them, like with, uh, it, it was just kind of, it just, it, it worked. So as you mentioned, your, first, your character first appeared about midway through season one. How was it trying to find your footing with an already established group of actors? And when did you find out you were joining the main cast? Yes, it was, you know, it was a little tricky at first because as you can imagine, obviously they, like you said, they had already, they did the, 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 they were, um, I can't remember. I'm sorry, this is going back so far that if I kind of have trouble remembering everything, okay. it's because it was literally like 25 years ago, and that in itself is kind of crazy. But as to be expected, you know, with any, they, it launched so quickly, the show, and I use that word launched because it literally was kind of like that. It just, you know, jettisoned into that stratosphere really quickly. So as to be expected, you know, there would be a, they, there'd be a cohesiveness and a real um, tight closeness um, with with uh, the cast members, and then I come along, and I, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like hey, <laughs> kind of the new kid at school, if you will, <laughs> and in a way that it felt like that sometimes, and that's never been a good experience for me, <laughs> the new kid at school. <laughs> but thankfully, this was not junior high or you know, sixth grade or whatever. So, 
it was fine, you know, and then it was, it wasn't until um, uh, during their hiatus when I had discovered, you know, when they had called and my representatives and said that you know, we got to have lawyers cast at a time. And so, yeah, and there, there it began, this whole other world that still to this day, you know, still exists. I mean, I know every episode was airing on Hulu and it was their mm -hmm. number one. We, it's just, it's kind of exciting that a whole new generation is, is enjoying it and it's really hitting home. You know, it really, it was so good. The writing was so good that it lasts and good stuff lasts for all time. So. We're definitely finding out people are still invested in it to this day. Um, <laughs> And your character's first big storyline is a romance with Eric LaSalle's Peter Benton. What are some of your memories working with Eric? And do you feel like you had good chemistry? Yes, yes. I think I said Peter Bentley. Oh, my God. <laughs> we won't tell. It's funny. Like, wait a minute. Did I just see a Bentley drive by? Is this a <laughs> I'm all over the place these days. But, um, yeah, that's right. That that was the reason why, the initial reason why Jeannie Boulay was written, was, mm -hmm. was, was uh, as a love interest. And... You know, Eric is, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He's a, you know, he's a tall guy. Like he's physically kind of, you mm -hmm. know, very uh, strong presence. And, um, and uh, I remember, you know, it was a little bit, was, he can be a little aloof at times in the beginning, <laughs> you know, as, could I, as I was, but uh, underneath, uh, he's, he's got a, a a really big heart and there I really um, I loved some of those early scenes you know they kind of obviously Jeannie was married and we get to discover what's going on in that relationship very soon thereafter so there was this uh, you know clearly there was this um, conflict and but this traction and then you know working together and and the stress of what their jobs were you know and I have to say that um, considering what's going on world today I don't even know how for real you know healthcare workers ER physicians physician assistants nurses like everybody I really just uh, bow down as um, just filming it was stressful enough so, yeah you know really I don't know but anyway um, so yeah that was uh, it was a fun it was an interesting and fun and complicated and challenging and overwhelming and um, incredible time. So you kind of touched on it a little bit already. The The main kind of um, first big moment for Jeannie is um, her HIV diagnosis, which comes uh, kind of at the end of season two. That's kind of the season two cliffhanger. Um, and based on our research, correct me if, if you've heard differently, but based on our research, we're pretty sure that Jeannie was the first recurring female HIV positive character on American primetime network television. Yeah. Was that something that you were kind of consciously aware of at the time? And did it affect your portrayal at all? Well, it, it definitely we were aware of it. And I believe that uh, that very uh, I haven't done the research on this, but I think that 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 still may be the case. The first regular role right. on a network television i know network television is you know everything's kind of changed in terms of that but the first regular role who was hiv positive who did not die from AIDS, male yeah. or female right mm -hmm. on a on a network drama television so i can't think of and again there may be but i right off the top of my head i can't name another, another show where that's happened again there probably is one sure but nonetheless at that time yeah it was it was groundbreaking for sure 
um, and what, how we were writing it was groundbreaking. And also, you know, the, the, the time that, you know, mid nineties, right? When the triple cocktails, when medicine was literally giving people their lives back. That was the, the, the long-term message that we wanted to, to, um, to, to withhold. And that was certainly something that I took to heart and that I was extremely committed to was, uh, was the portrayal of this woman who would not die because AIDS for a long time, for many, many people, AIDS equaled death. And it still does. It's not like it's, it's not over. You know, of course, medicines have, again, given people's lives back and there are preventative things that can happen, but still people are dying from AIDS. No, no question about it, right? So I definitely, um, it impacted every single thing I did. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go in, into more detail of that whole situation and that whole experience right out of the gate from when it was decided until I left that show uh, in uh, the next book that I'm writing. Nice. So nice. it's like going to be like a full-on autobiography. I, I wrote a book called My Brother's Keeper and all right but this is like a whole other different thing because like i had said before you know good writing lasts forever and there was no genie boulet was not going to die from AIDS. no way because i didn't want that me- we all didn't want that message to be out there for the rest of all time do you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. i mean i know you know what i mean but <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah definitely um yeah made a huge it's and still does i mean even even going back and rewatching, we're going to get up to those episodes pretty soon. And it's amazing how relevant it still is today. That's the thing. Exactly. And, you know, imagine if the story were written differently or if the end was different, Mm -hmm. do you know? I remember this one man, this young man, it was right in the midst of it. It was right in the midst of it. It must've been year three of the show. Um, I was in a drugstore and I was looking for toothpaste and, you know, like 15,000 choices i'm standing there just kind of glazed over because i don't know which and this young man comes up to me and he says to me excuse me miss rubin um i just want to let you know that i watched the show last night and um i'm hiv positive and i'm going to my doctors right now to start so you know what that alone is um, enough, like, just that one. So yeah, we did good. All right, I feel like this is a complete 180 from how serious we are right now, but <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's okay, it's it's important and we wanted to get, you know, we wanted yeah. to get that discussion and get that out, but just this just seems totally a little bit of a shift here. Um, on a lighter note, um, who was your favorite or maybe favorite guest stars to have on the show? Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, it's, I've been, um, it's so funny, there were so many that we had. But you know, I've been thinking about, and he wasn't a guest star, he was, he did a number, he was like a recurring character. Mm-hmm. But you remember that young actor, Trevor Morgan? Mm-hmm. He, the, there was a story where he was, I know this is, well, a lot of stories on the show obviously were very serious, but he was the young boy who, you know, was going through cancer treatment. And, and he was so much fun to work with because he was at that time, oh my gosh, this is how long ago he's probably like 40 now I think he's probably 20, but <laughs> you know like 12 or something and um and uh he's the sweetest you know he's extremely talented of course and he's 
done some, some amazing things pre and post ER, but um, you know, here's just this kind of like 12, 13 year old who is so bubbly and bright and really positive and just, just a, like a lot of fun. And I, and uh, he's, if he ever hears this, I know he's probably going to be, but he was, you know, there was, he was like 13 and there were, I remember there was this one PA, this one production assistant, I can't recall her name now, but I can see her face. And he was totally, I totally had a crush on her. And it was the cutest <laughs> thing. Oh my God, Trevor, oh dude, you gotta forgive me, man. I'm so sorry. But he was like, so, you know, because Cynthia and I worked um, a lot together, um, it was, uh, it was a sweet, <laughs> it was a sweet adorable um so you returned to the series in 2008 for one episode after your initial six season run there um how did how did that come about and what was your experience like going back you know after being away for for so long it was kind of surreal um i remember that john wells and i were in touch about somebody we had gotten, gotten in touch and and um and neil bear who of course was one of the uh major writers one of the uh, producers from day one and Neil wrote a lot of the storyline for Jeannie, and actually Neil and I still are very, very good friends. And Neil and I were talking, and so, um, um, you know, Neil was still on the show, still working on the show, and so it was just kind of this, oh, let's bring Jeannie back. And it was really surreal, though, because, you know, it was still obviously on the same lot and mm -hmm. the same stage, and it was just kind of, it was a trip. That had to be really strange going back and having all new faces on the spots that you walked all the time. time. Who are you? Wait, who are you? And <laughs> what are you doing in a trailer where my trailer used to be? <laughs> and why why are you sitting at my favorite seat at the admin desk? What's going on? <laughs> no, you got it. You can't sit there. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know what else was really cool was a few years after, well, quite a few years after that, um, because Noah, you know, Noah and I worked together again on Falling Skies. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. He was doing yep. Falling Skies for a while, which is, you know, so I did, I did, um, I think nine or 10 episodes of that series, um, season, which was great. So that was kind of a fun, totally different thing going on. It was really, it was fun to work with him again. That was one person whom I didn't really work with a lot on the show, you know, um, so it was, it was great to, to, to spend a more significant time and then we go ahead and we give some of our fans chances to submit their own questions because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and they, you know, they want to get the dirt. Um, <laughs> so we, we picked our two favorites out of our fan questions. And the first one is, did you enjoy playing the less commonly featured role of a physician's assistant? And did you ever get feedback from actual PAs about your portrayal? Right. Well, I wouldn't say it was less, you know, what was, what was it with the, the less it's just usually, uh, usually less, we see nurses and doctors portrayed, but physicians assistants don't always get the same kind of shine as. Oh, know. I see. Got it. No, not. I mean, now a little bit more too, because mm -hmm. they're more. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, here's the thing: it's not physicians assistant. Like it's not an apostrophe s. It's an actual signature. Like it's its own thing. Physician assistant. Oh. So it's not a. It can she, uh, she or he can write prescriptions, mm -hmm. but they don't you know, go to uh, get a PhD in medicine or what have you, right? So physician assistants actually are very uh, prevalent more in communities because they can literally go to communities and they don't have the stress of being a, a physician, but again, they can write schools, et cetera. So um, yeah, and there was apparently a, quite a surge of people who were learning, uh, going to school, wanted to be a physician assistant. Um, 
And um, yeah, so I thought, yeah, it was kind of cool. Leaving another mark. <laughs> exactly. Trailblazer. Um, and then the other the other question we got was when you left ER, you got to go on tour with Tina Turner. What was that like? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first thing I did after ER. So amazing. Was that something you had planned to do or just kind of the puzzles pieces fell into place? The pieces fell into place. I um actually I didn't uh, some I know that the kind of that um Perhaps the most common understanding is that I left ER to go on tour, but that's not how it happened. I actually knew that I had asked to leave the show. I knew that I didn't want to um, continue the contract. I just, not that I didn't love Jeannie, believe me, I still love that character. And I knew a little bit like, should maybe bring her back. But anyway, <laughs> I, at that time, I was, I was a little bit um, exhausted. I was kind of emotionally and physically spent. Um, it was, I, again, I love the storyline and um, I just I just had kind of, there wasn't a lot of um, lightness or levity uh, in, no. in the story. Yeah. Oh, not at all. <laughs> no, so, and you know, I, um, I, for me, I'm a performer. I, I, I can't really do the light switch. I can't quite switch it off when I get, but anyway, um, so I, I had asked, it, so it was an understanding that I believe in the show. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I had no idea what I was going to do next. But I did know that I wanted to have more music in my life. You know, I had definitely put music on the back burner. And um, I knew that I wanted to have more music in my life. And I knew that I wanted to, I needed to have some fun. You know, I needed something kind of completely opposite. And yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, so shortly thereafter, I met Tina Turner backstage at um, a VH1 Divas concert, which, you know, these, these live concerts, right? I remember I was introducing Whitney Houston that night. Oh, wow. I know. And so afterwards, a meet and greet, and so I met Tina. And in honor of Tina, I, had, I wore this fringe outfit. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew that I'd be meeting her, because she was opening the show, right? Rock down the, rock the house for the four tunes she totally rocked, of course. And uh, so I knew that I'd be meeting her. So I was, you know, I shimmied in. <laughs> and nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, God. She, she, said, um, she said to me, oh, you're, you're so pretty. Can you sing and dance? I said, yes, I can. <laughs> and she said, well, you should come on tour with me next year. I said, yes, okay, you got it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I left the room, and it was, oh, my God, there was so much fun. There was so I was totally thinking that, you know, Obviously, it was just in passing, and it was so quick. It was literally a meet and greet, right? Five minutes, you're done. But the next day, her manager, um, caught, yeah, her manager, you know, got in touch with me, and uh, it's like, you know, Tina really wants to know if Gloria can sing and dance. <laughs> well, I, I it cut to three months later. I auditioned for her, for Tina Turner, and her manager in her hotel room. I sang for her, and I danced for her. And I got the gig. I mean, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I just, I'm like a great, I just, I don't know. I walk this line of, you know, this Edward Chess's song, remember, brave or crazy. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes you gotta be a little about. It's just, 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 just fake it till you make it. it. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or not, or just like work your ass off and yep. give yourself a shot. Because even though I felt like I'm not, like I'm going to die if I do this, I, like there's no way I can audition because I'm going to not make it at all. <laughs> I didn't, you know, and 
the more you just kind of, I don't know, man, it was just, I don't know, there was just this, and it's something for me to remember and to remind myself about and to continue to practice, especially now when everything's torn off, like everything's changed. Everything's ripped apart, ripped away right now, like bare bones, everything. I'm restructuring everything, creatively, professional, everything, as many, many, many people are. So as we're talking about this, it's a good reminder for me to be specific about what it is that, not that I want, but how is it that I want to be in the world? How do I want to be creative now? Not knowing what I want, just knowing that I wanted to have more music in my life. And I needed to do something completely opposite, emotionally and physically, than what I had been doing for almost five years. And be open to it. And just hashtag, just say yes. <laughs> Come audition for me in my hotel room. Okay. okay. <laughs> I want you to sing one of my songs. Sure. What, what, would, you say was, what would you say was more kind of physically and emotionally exhausting for you, going on tour with Tina Turner or doing seven years of Jeannie Boulet? Uh, Tina Turner. <laughs> Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> like a two hour, but I kicked my ass. <laughs> right so, I mean, it was literally two hours. And she was, God bless her, she was 60 when she did that tour. Wow. Two, two, hour, two hours long, five costume changes, and there's no lip syncing, right? Wow. She was right. So I wasn't going to complain about anything. <laughs> I just, she can be like, come on. So, yeah. Definitely. Wow. Um, so one of the one of the questions we've kind of made a habit of um, asking everyone we talk to from the show, um, what is it that you think it's important for fans of ER to know about it from kind of your unique behind the scenes perspective? Maybe something that they, uh, either a lesson or a, an experience of yours that you hope that fans of the show would take with them that they don't get to see from just watching it? Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint a few things other than since so much time has passed and I'm able to reflect and remember quite a bit. Um, what I remember the most is the dedication from everyone, from everyone from John Wells to the writers, to the producers, to the actors, to people in casting, to crafts or everyone, to a, a production assistant who's working in the office and you know, to every single person was, was dedicated to create to be, to literally to, to being to contributing in the best way that they know. and knowing that um, every piece was important everybody because none of it could have happened without every single person so there's but there's this great deal of um, dedication patience hard work and participating in the process I know that Sometimes there can be this tendency to want it now or to have things just kind of happen quickly and to create long-standing, significant, good art. It takes a lot of focus and a lot of dedication and taking chances, but just, just you know, a great deal of integrity and intelligence and perseverance and a, and a partnership and also a great deal of fun, humor. Is, is needed. You know, everybody knows that 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 Clooney was a, a practical joker. <laughs> so there was always it was, there was always something to laugh at. And then when it came down to work, when it came down to doing, oh, there's one thing that um, you know, one thing that I have found 
one of the most disturbing things that I find in today's time, unfortunately, maybe this will change. I hope to God it will. But um, on sets or when people are working on phones, mm. you know, there's too much of this. People looking, especially actors, especially young actors. I'm like, wait a minute, what do you, <laughs> you have 10 minutes here between set up. Let's talk to each other. Let's kind of talk about the scene or what's going, do you know what I mean? Or what can we find or do differently? Or who are you? as a human being and let me find out more about who you are so I can incorporate that into, you know, organically into how we're going to communicate while we're face to face. I can't wait for us to be face to face. Really real. But um, that the humanity of it, maybe through after everything that's going on, mm-hmm. that is my one long standing, my truest hope is that it's bringing, it will bring us back to humanity. And that's the same for the arts as well. The same for actors as well, face to face. And uh, last but not least, uh, what current projects are you working on now? And uh, how can fans of the show keep up with your work? Yeah. Well, um, of course, Mr. Robot finished. You know the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that I'm re- I'm like I'm watching. I'm rewatching the whole show myself, and I'm just. My God, it was so good. Anyway, that's done. So I'm not working on that anymore. But um, uh, the Showtime series, City on a Hill, we were just uh, uh, episode three when the lockdown happened. So that will be picking up Knockwood this fall in terms of filming. Uh, in the meantime, um, you know, fans can follow me on Instagram or usually Instagram or, or Facebook, you know, really, or even my website or what have you. Because I'm always, I'll be posting things that are happening creatively. Um, as I mentioned in my book, um, you know, I'm finding ways. I'm 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 offering. I'm you know, I'm selling my book online, personally signed um, books for for people. GloriaRubinShop.com books. My my CD music is still happening. Obviously, not in person, but um, my latest album, for all we know, which was just released on Valentine's Day, has been getting great reviews. And so I'm going to be incorporating a little bit more music, you know, in my uh, uh, live, my Insta live videos. Um, but what I'm working on, you know, again, since there's no filming, what I'm working is a very kind of interesting time since I am, and I, I, I you know, I live solo, so there's a lot of time to, to um, sometimes too much time <laughs> to, uh, you know, to kind of collaborate. But I, I am collaborating with others because there are a couple of ideas that I have um, for uh, television or film projects that I'm working on. But first and foremost, I am, I'm writing. I, that for the first, really for the first, I would say two to maybe three months of, of lockdown with coronavirus, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't creative. I was finding it really, really difficult to be creative. I had all this time, but I just could not, I couldn't focus. I would write for three minutes and then I would just drift off into, I don't know. But now I'm feeling much more grounded, even though of course this and extreme, everything is still uncertain. But I'm feeling more grounded in in in, the, in, the, in how I want to contribute creatively, and so the second book that I have started from a while ago, I'm now picking it up again, and um, and I will be writing that. So that's I know that's not something that can be you know engaged with 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 my fans. 
at the same time, you know, I will start to, again, InstaLive is, is a way that I'm going to be communicating and to kind of keep, uh, keep my friends, uh, friends and fans up to date on, on what's going on. And the next one will be July 28th. Nice. Well, I know you're, I know you're short on time, so I don't want to keep you, uh, Gloria, thank you so much so so much for being willing to do this and kind of give us a little bit more insight into Jeannie Boulay and obviously the person behind it um, she's been one of our favorite characters to work with and experience as we're going through the series again and um, it's just been really nice to talk to you thank you so much thanks you guys my pleasure